You're listening to You're listening to the to the Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show. My name is Mark and joining me on this very special episode is my beer buddy Steve. Hello Steve. Hi Mark, how are you doing? Doing alright mate, how are you? Very excited. Very excited. very excited, yes. Indeed. This is our homebrew special, and as always, we bring the finest homebrewing types to your ears. This season's special is a little bit different in that we've invited back three chaps who have been with us before, and also their beers all follow a theme. So joining us are Elusive Brewing's Andy Parker. Good evening. Sweetleaf Brew Co.'s A.D. Goodrich. Evening. And Mrs. Hobbs's Andrew Hobbs. Hello, everybody. Good evening, gentlemen. It's good to have you along. So, uh, three beers. They're all black beers. They're all imperial, and they all have a bit of orange in them. So, um, I have to say, um, AD, thanks very much for putting a nice label on your beer, mate. Uh, that's the first time I've ever done it. It's so, good uh... to see someone <laughs> took the fucking effort, because Andy... He put a print label on his, and Andrew couldn't even be asked. <laughs> so. True enough. It's, it's, so we, it's so we could tell them apart easily. <laughs> my, my labels are handcrafted. <laughs> uh, so, mine's got a blue cap. What else do you want? Yeah, that is. That's, that's that's much more fancier than some of the proper breweries we get going in. We're gonna get get right into the beers because we have we have three beers to get through. So we're going to be starting off with Elusive Brewing, aka Andy Parker's Orange Pit, which is an imperial milk stout. With I can't read your writing, Andy. Is it bourbon? Uh, yeah. So it's got uh, coffee. Um, it's got and cacao nibs that was soaked in bourbon. Oh right. And then uh, the the orange as well. Very good. So uh, eight point five percent. ABV. Nice, easy one to start. Yeah. Yeah, easing us in. And folks, we are actually starting with the easiest beer, ABV-wise tonight. (laughs) They're all monsters. So, Andy, do you want to talk us through the the making of this beer, maybe? Yeah, sure. It's... um... So the, the base beer is a beer called um, Invisible Wool, which is the same but without the orange. So when I brewed uh, that one, basically I split batch and added orange to a small part of it. So in terms of the, the, the base recipe, uh, it's effectively a milk stout. Uh, so, so it contains lactose uh, and was brewed to, um, yeah, to 8.5%. Um, then uh, once I had fermented out, uh, I, in the last couple of days, I added some uh, bourbon uh, to some cacao nibs um, and then let those soak while the beer finished fermenting. Uh, as the yeast dropped out, I then added added the cacao nibs um, for three days. And then after three days, uh, I added uh, some coffee. Uh, these were just coffee beans. Um, added the coffee beans uh, straight to the beer. Um and then after one day uh, on the coffee, I put it on chill uh, and dropped all that out um, over the next two days. And then it was it was uh, transferred to a bottling bucket. I bottled most of it um, just uh, as the regular uh, beer, the Invisible Wool. Uh, I know you guys got to try that one. Mm. But then the last kind of 10 or so bottles worth, uh, I had dosed in some orange. 
And the orange uh, I used was from a company called Foodie Flavors, uh, I've used before. It's kind of a natural, uh, natural flavoring uh, rather than anything uh, naughty. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, that's kind of it. So the aim was to brew something that's effectively, you know, a coffee milk stout uh, with hints of <laughs> bourbon and chocolate, uh, but with kind of an orangey finish to it and, and kind of a orangey nose, especially. So yeah, that's the bit. Because yeah. that's the obvious thing that you you put with a a milk stout, isn't it? Orange. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and I think that was my interference uh, a, a little bit in, in the development of this show. Um, I remember one Friday night on Twitter, I had this brainstorm, and and that was it. It was all of a sudden. It was wasn't just imperial black beers. They had to taste like orange as well. So. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this this first one and, and seeing what we've got on on the uh, on the nose and the feel of the beer. Well, I've started. Andy started. Dive in, mate. Yeah. Okay, My body's well. tired. Yeah. Okay. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, Andy, like you said, um, we've we've tried. I don't know if everyone's tried, but I know Steve and I have tried the, the normal version of this beer, um, which was stunning. But this one has, it's basically the same beer, but you do get that lovely light sweetness of the orange coming in as well. It, it adds a nice little touch to it. Yeah, I think that it's still um, it's still very much a coffee coffee milk stout. Uh, I think first and foremost, even even beneath the orange on the nose, you can get the you can definitely get the coffee. But yeah, I think that it has settled down a bit. I opened one uh, last well, about a week ago, and the orange was was nuts uh, so thankfully that's uh, and it's let the other flavors come through a bit too yeah i got a good whiff of the orange as soon as i um popped the cap off but that's that aroma did settle down I, um just this is andrew i mean i i i got more um cacao nibs and chocolate coffee when i opened it and the orange for me is coming through when you actually taste it like it's there's some sort of you know really nice not acidity is the wrong word but yeah maybe it's acidity there's a fruitiness to the to the flavour for me. Yeah, same here. I mean, I definitely get the coffee. I really like like the aroma of the coffee. It's really good, and then uh, the orange comes through smoother when you're drinking it. Yeah. For me, for me, it's that, that orange on the nose is just enormous coming out of the glass. It's it just smacks you in the face, and then it's 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 as Mark said. There's there's a slight fruitiness just at the end of it. Um, when when you're drinking it, and that just adds something uh, a little bit to the other flavours that are going in there. But it, it does remarkably; it, it seems to add to the sweetness in in the milk stout, and it just does bring through this this lasting sweet finish to it. It's lovely. I'm really enjoying it. This is in danger of getting all of this is going to get drunk. I think <laughs> so so smoothly drink as well. I think yeah. So and Andy, you say. You... You added orange flavouring to this. Is that just as a syrup or something? Uh, it's it's kind of a, a flavouring that's in. Um, it's sent in little uh, ten mil bottles that uh, are an alcohol basically. Uh, so it's it's you know it's I think they use Jaffa or it's specifically a Jaffa orange they use. So I think they use the zest and they somehow I don't know what they do if they distill it or what they do, but they kind of get that flavour out. Uh, using a natural process and then it's kind of preserved in the in some alcohol okay so it just goes in as a liquid yeah it's a liquid you just dose in it's very very strong um i'll probably use about three mils of the stuff right. <laughs> how did you, andy, how, andy how did you decide how much to use 
Um, it wasn't that scientific this time, really, because it was a bit of an odd one where I had uh, about five litres of beer left in the in the bottom of a bottling bucket, and I just kind of uh, you know tapped a few few drops in, uh, tasted it, um, and then you know tapped a few more drops in uh, from the bottle. So not particularly scientific, but you know just gradually dosing it until the the flavour felt about right. Guys, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question to all of you throughout the evening. Um, kind of a two part question. Firstly, um, how much of a challenge is it to to, to brew a big imperial beer, um, doubling up on on probably what you'd normally be brewing? And then then secondly, how much more of a challenge did we make it by asking you to to make it taste like orange as well? Yeah. So um, brewing imperial beers. I mean, on uh, I brewed this. So I've got two two kits at home. I've got a a kind of five gallon 20 litre kit and i've got a 100 litre kit so this was on the uh on the 20 litre kit and the, the mash tun for that is a cool box you know with a domed bottom on it i do find that uh for the bigger beers my efficiency goes down that is that um you know i don't get as as uh as good uh original gravity you know proportional to the amount of grain used um so i do need to jack things up a little bit uh have a longer mash recirculate the mash so just trying to get as much as possible out of the grains um, for for the bigger beers, uh, and yeah, I always seem to slightly miss uh, slightly miss my gravity. I was aiming for nine percent on this, around ten eighty, I think the OG, and I was under that. Uh, but with this sort of recipe, you know, you can you can broadly get away with that. Um, commercial, obviously, you don't want to be doing that uh, because you're you're wasting money at that point. Although you, you're paying less duties, the swings and roundabouts. <laughs> in terms of the um, in terms of the flavouring, um, I think I've, I've I guess I've got previous, and I know Andrew and, and me worked on a, a cherry coke stout before using a very similar. In fact, the recipe was very, very similar indeed. It, it just I switched out the uh, had some midnight wheat, and I switched it out for more chocolate in this beer. Um, and so, it, you know, in terms of dosing flavour into that, it was a very much a similar process. So you're working with a finished beer and adding flavour in, which gives you a lot more control than say, uh, you know, if you start to use orange zest or orange peel um, or orange juice. You know, just the, the you know the natural uh, orange in its most natural form. Uh, it would certainly be more of a challenge. So kudos to Adi, I think, who's done that. I guess we'll hear about it. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's fun with that uh, next. Yeah, he'll 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 get his turn now. Um, Andy, it's uh, you were on our first ever homebrew special, which was almost two years ago to the date. So it was back in November 2013. When, when you appeared and you uh, produced a double IPA that finished everybody off for the evening um, back, back on that show. Um, how have how, how's things progressed for you since then, um, Andy? I know you're, uh, apart from Justin Mason, you're also uh, a serial guest on, on the show. Um, you, you've had nearly as many appearances as Justin. But um, just just in that time, just, just t- tell our audience how things have progressed for you in your brewing and, and where you're at now. Yeah, uh, so for me, it's just a hobby that's spiraled out of control and has continued to. Um, so I think back then was probably, well, two years ago, Steve, did you say? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think since then, I like to think I've, been, I've certainly improved and I've been paying a lot more attention to um, to getting things more accurate on my brew day and, and being more thorough. Uh, I think in the earlier days, it was I was very almost a bit lackadaisical and, and, you know, I got some good beers out, but um, in in some cases not quite what I was aiming for. So I've tried to refine that 
I've tried to reduce the time it takes to brew. I mean, my first brews were, I had like, you know, some 11, 12 hour days. Uh, I I'm, I'm guess all three of us on, on, on the show today can relate to that. But I tried to, um, tried to bring that down uh, as well, just by, you know, uh, refining the overall process. And hopefully I'm getting some better beers out. And obviously, um, for the listeners that haven't uh, heard of Elusive Brew, um, and then why should they have? Because we're not we're not brewed anything yet. Um, <laughs> but I, I am looking to go uh, commercial uh, eventually, and, and I've got a five barrel brewery that's um, sadly uh, in storage at the moment because of some premises wrangling. But hope to get uh, get things going probably uh, in a new year now. Um, so yeah, I guess that goes back to what we're saying about the hobby that, that's got out of control. It's probably would sum it up. Excellent. I think it's it's great to hear how, how far you've come on in two years, and it, it's something that I'll be doing with the other guys as well uh, this evening. Is going back to their original uh, appearances on on the show and, and seeing how things have progressed since since then. Um, but let's let's just just finish off this this beer for now. I think. Um, and any final thoughts around the room? I think um, I, can taste, I can taste actually everything everything that says it's in it, you know, you can get quite clearly, I think it's really good. It's really sort of, yeah, I can even get a bit of a, you know, the, the, the bourbon out of it. It's, yeah, <laughs> really well balanced and clever, definitely. Andrew? Yeah, what, what more can I add? I mean, two things, I suppose. The level of carbonation and the creamy head on it is just lovely. Um, and I think, I, I agree, totally agree with Adi, you can taste all the, the added ingredients. I think it's it, that's also potentially masking what a great malt bill is in it because it's actually a really lovely stout on its own on its own account. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I can only agree. It's just, <laughs> all the flavors, like like Aidy said, all the flavors that are on the label are coming out, which you don't get very often with beers. <laughs> but the shock list is there, and you, you're getting everything ticked off, which is really good. So well done, Andy. Yeah, I would change a thing. Yeah, nice one. Nice one. Thanks, Andy. Right, let's let's move swiftly on to our second beer because he wants to he wants to stay sober for that long. Um, <laughs> so the next beer that we've got is a black, sorry, my, my mistake, an imperial orange black IPA called Black as the New Orange from AD Sweetleaf Sweetleaf Bruco, nine percent. Fortunately, only a little bottle, unlike Andy's 50 bottle. So, uh, dive in, guys. Yeah. Great oh, name, so. by the way, Andy. Yeah, I, I just, well, came to me uh, a moment of inspiration, really. I've not actually seen the programme. I just thought, well, uh, I'll, I'll steal that and turn it around. <laughs> oh, oh. Mine came flying out of the bottle. This is actually the first time I've had it out of a bottle. I've been drinking out of corner cakes. Um, and although I've sent a few bo- bo- bottles out to people, I've not actually opened a bottle of it myself yet. And it's definitely hoppier and a lot more aroma from the bottle than from the corny cake. Now, AD, I know you and I have very similar views on black IPAs and, and what we want them to, to be like. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this one this <laughs> evening. <laughs> it's incredibly active, I have to say. It just burst from the bottle all over my desk. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I've got a great pour on, on mine. I've got a lovely, thick black beer. Um, it's got a nice, creamy, off-white head to it. Yep. The aroma is... It's it's good. There's there's not a lot of roastedness on the aroma for me. Mm-hmm. There's maybe a hint 
of orange in there, but mostly there's kind of the, the, the piney citrus notes from the hops in there. So uh, I am looking forward to diving into this. Yeah, what hops did you use in this, Hayley? Uh Citra and Amarillo as the main hops at the end, but uh, a bit of Magnum at the start for bittering. Okay. So, um, I mean, I, beers before I put like sort of five hops in or something, but uh, I, I tried to go a lot more simple on this and just get, go for a clean bittering hop at the start and then just citrus orange style hops uh, at 15 minutes and flame out and dry hop that would uh, actually add to, to the orangeness rather than uh, confusing it with other flavours. So uh, this, is, this is quite a simple beer for me, really. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into it, guys. Cheers. 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 The sweet Jesus, it's good. It's it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculously easy to drink. Um, if oh, I tell you what, that's a dangerous beer. That's <laughs> yeah. hiding its nine yeah. percent very very well. I mean, I've, I've got tons of the stuff, and I'm trying to lay off it because it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite easy to overdo it. Yeah, that's really nice. Got the lovely black IPA character to it, but right down the middle is a big bulbous sweetness coming through. Gorgeous. There was a bit of extra help from the sweetness as well. Put some uh, Belgian uh, candy syrup in it as well. You know, the, the dark candy syrup, uh, which is oh okay. That's a bit of a well. Uh, I think it, a bit more complex complexity to it, and uh, yeah, it, it's not something I've ever u- used before. But I tried another black IPA with it in, and yeah, really liked the, the character it gave. Uh, so I mean, not only was I going for a black IPA on this, I was go- going for a, something a lot more complex than you know just a normal but black IPA. Mm. So I was sort of hoping the orange, uh, the uh, the candy syrup, and the hops. And the yeast as well would all sort of work together to try and, uh, yeah, just give a whole lot more de- depth of flavour. So, I mean, it was quite experimental. I'm, I'm not, uh, I said it was a simple beer and grain bill and hops, but I tried to get extra flavours in other ways that I didn't normally do. So, um, yeah, it was a good learning curve, really. Katie, it's Andrew. How much juice did you add? Well, I wanted to use blood oranges after trying, you know, the Beaver Town, is it the Bloody L, you know, the uh, the, uh, yep. the Blood Orange IPA they did. But so my first thing was I was going to try and do um, an Imperial Blood Orange Black IPA because you can get an extra word in the title and make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're out of season. I think you can only get, get them in February or something. So uh, yeah, yeah. I just had to go, go down the market and just get, um, you know, the sort of, about a bag of oranges for a pound. So I think I got like 25 for a couple of quid, you know, like a carrier bag full of uh, juices, oranges. Uh, a couple have gone mouldy. So there's probably about the juice of 20 to 23 in there and the zest of about eight or nine. Uh, all of that in the boil, um, you know, sort of about uh, 10 minutes before flame out. Um, and I didn't add any more orange flavour after that. It all went in then. So the, the the only more orangey things that went in after that were more, you know, Amarillo hops. So uh, that that had a bit more, but and that was twenty liter batch, was it? This was uh, I think I did up with uh, forty liters. Right. Okay. So that's that, interesting because I wanted full forty liters, so I, I sort of split the batch two ways. Uh, it, this batch we're drinking now has got uh, uh, Vermont yeast, which is uh, yeast I've not used before. 
but uh, I've been recommended it um, as a bit more peachy, a bit more fruity. Because um, normally for bippers and IPAs, I use uh, US05, which is a bit more of a neutral. Um, so at first, uh, yeah, this batch was a lot tastier. Uh, it had a lot more sort, sort of, um, yeah, fruity notes to it. But the US05 batch tasted a lot flatter and neutral. But that's coming a lot long a lot more as well. So that's also quite a nice beer now. But yeah, the one we're, we're drinking is the uh, Vermont yeast, which uh, I think yeah, it's definitely added uh, a bit more more to it. So, so Ad, just um, to ask the same question as I asked Andy earlier, um, what what are the challenges that you face when when, when brewing a, a bigger ABV beer, and and also uh, did you find it difficult using the oranges in the in, in the recipe? Um, well, I sort I looked at a couple of recipes online, and I sort of uh, did, did a bit of guesswork as to how much to add. Uh, so I thought I'd, I wanted to add a bit less rather than a bit more. So I didn't want it to be really sickly orange. So I thought, well, if it's got a faint hint of it, it'd be better, better than having something that was just like overpowering. So um, I sort of, sort of took the medium ground and just went for <laughs> you know that, that that sort of random number really. Um, but uh, as for brewing the big a ABV, I just sort of scaled the recipe up. It was one I'd done, done before. Um, quite a simple, typical black IPA uh, grain bill, but I put a chocolate malt in it as well to give it a bit more of a chocolate flavour this time. I don't normally do, do that. Uh, but the uh, Carafa 3 uh, that you, you generally put in uh, uh, black IPAs, that was added at the end uh, and sparge through as normal. So you need... You, that's what gives the black IPA its sort of a colour, but not actually the massive ro ro roasty flavour. Uh, so it's still quite smooth and quite sort of a light and in in sort of, sort of texture and everything. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. There's, there's there's hardly I'm getting hardly any roasted notes off it at all. Yeah. What what I'm just getting is is just lovely orange citrus flavours coming through. There's there's a sharp. Um, lasting bitterness on the end of it as well, but as as I said when I first started drinking this, for nine percent, this yeah. is ridiculously <laughs> easy, mate. I'm <laughs> I'm worryingly close to the bottom of my glass. I mean, I went I went quite easy in the hops as, uh, uh, on this as well. I didn't I didn't completely overload it. There wasn't as much hops per liter in this that, that was in the uh, that uh, um, the rye beer I did for the previous show. That, that had uh, I think uh, five hundred grams for. A 23 eater brew but this was a lot uh, uh, <laughs> a lot uh, more uh, hop uh, sort, sort of uh, you know savvy really you know, just walk walk so heavy handed with it and AD you mentioned it there you were on uh, a previous show you were on the the third home brew show that we did which yeah. was back in December 2014 um, yeah so how not not too long ago for you um, how how have things been progressing for you in that time well, uh, I bought a bigger kit just because one came up for sale re uh, locally. Um, so I bought a 100 litre microbrewery that I've been sort of tinkering with over the, uh, uh, you know, over the year. Um, I mean, it was a bit bigger than I wanted. I probably only wanted to go to 50 litre, but this came up and, you know, I just, well, I'd seen it and I could, couldn't refuse it really. So, um, yeah, the first half of the year has really been getting to grips with that. Uh, yeah, because it's a, quite a big step up, but I've finally got the hang of it, and I finally worked out how it all works and everything. So, uh, yeah, um, 
as, as a result, I'm, I think I'm getting better, better beer and better, better control out of it. Well, if this is anything to go by, I'd, I'd say your guess is right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <thank you>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Amy, just going back to you, you were saying that you were recommended the was it the Vermont yeast? Yeah, yeah. Why were you recommended that? What's so special about that yeast, and what did it bring to this beer? Um, well, USO five yeast, which is like a standard uh, IPA yeast. If you're doing an, an American IPA, that's what people t- tend to, to use, or that, that's one of the most commonly used ones. But uh, um, I was recommended the, the Vermont yeast because it's got a bit more character character to it. Um, and you know it's sort of a bit more fruity a bit more but i mean it's a bit more work to use because it's a liquid yeast so you, you have to make a starter and uh, do a few more pr- processes before you can add it um so that wasn't something i'd d- done before either so again uh I, I sort of took a whole new uh, approach to yeast on this which i think definitely paid off because you know with a, a dried yeast you can just throw some in and see what happens but uh yeah, this was a yeah, bit, bit, bit more of an experiment, but yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that uh, I tried it. It's a smashing beer. Um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other comments do we have? Andy, let's go to you, mate. What... Um, I think the, so yeah, it's, uh, for a black IPA, um, I don't mind a little bit of roast in them, but obviously to style, uh, you don't want any of and certainly tick that box it's very low on the roast um so so yeah that's excellent i like the um certainly the orange flavor comes through um comes through you know right you know right at the front actually and then it just sort of fades away um i think the beer um it's it finishes nice and clean and and for the for the abv um it's yeah it's got it's got great drinkability for you know beer that's that's nine percent um so yeah i think uh, kudos for for actually using real fruit, <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah, uh, I wasn't able to do this time, but yeah, I, I shied away from. Um, so well done there. Yeah, I think overall it's uh, it's nice and it's, it's very drinkable. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I'd like to try real fruit again in like a cleaner, simpler IPA. Yeah, just normal IPA, but actually get blood oranges next time and just sort of um, yeah, try like a, a, a specific style of orange rather than just uh, cheap ones off the, the market that are anything <laughs> <laughs> sold by the carrier bag. Andrew, what, what about you, mate? What do you think? Um, well, to add to just say something different from what others have said, um, it goes to that question I had about how much orange juice, because I think the, the, the juice that's been added really makes a difference in this beer. I mean, it, it is completely drinkable. It's the right level of bitterness. Um, you know everything every, everybody said, but it it reminded really that acidity that comes through through the juice actually makes it almost a, a different. It's quite a different beer. It makes you sit up and uh, and notice. And it reminds me of I don't know if anybody remembers this, but the, the cocktail London Water, which is a mixture of Coke and orange juice. So did, did anyone drink that when they were at uni? Um, <laughs> funny, which funny. it sounds <laughs> sounds like a terrible idea, but it looks like the River Thames, um, and but actually tastes great. And uh, it reminds me a lot of that. Um, on the on the, the colour about the craft for three, I was, I was interested. You you asked about that. I mean, this is just a personal preference, but I like my IPAs as black as night, whereas this is sort of a, a darker brown. Yeah. But you know, if you look at Black Betty that Beaver Town do, that's not particularly dark either, and everyone loves that. But that's just a personal preference. Well, I think um, I've got my uh, initial uh, uh, black IPA advice. I think your uh, your brew you, you did. Yeah, so what, 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 oh yeah, 
So, yeah. That's right, so it's my fault it's this car. <laughs> yeah. Which, which we actually well, my, featured on the show as well. We did, we did. And that <laughs> yeah. was, I think that was quite, because what I did on that one, I don't know if you did this, Sadie, but I didn't just add it at the end of the, the mash. I added cold steeped um, a lot of Carafa 3 in the sparge water before yeah. I heated it up. I think I, I, I poured it all on top of the, 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 the mash at the end and sort of sparged through it. So uh, I just sort of tipped it all on and then... Uh, um, yeah, so it wasn't actually ma- ma- mashed in. It was just sort of, uh, yeah. yeah. I forget what that's called, but uh, there's a word for it, tapping or something. Yeah. Um, tapping. Yeah. Um, tapping. Tapping. Capping or tapping? Capping. Tapping. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as I say, it's personal preferences. I don't, I don't yeah. think it, you know, if you look at the Star Guide, it's perfectly yeah. acceptable colour. Um, the, the chocolate malt uh, added to the uh, the actual grain mash uh, at the beginning, I think that, that probably added a bit... Uh, you know, a bit more darkness, but uh, yeah, sort of went a bit easy on the Carafa 3, uh, definitely. It was only like sort of 3 or 4% per, per percent or something. It wasn't a lot. Uh, I mean, I could probably put a bit more, more in, you know, but uh, yeah. I'd say it's personal, it's personal preference. I don't think it. I think it's a great beer. Oh, thank Steve, you. Steve, any final comments from you, mate? Um, yeah, my glass emptied far too quickly. Uh, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I absolutely loved it. It's the, oh, yeah. the, the sort of black IPA that I look for, um, more pronounced on, on the hops in it than the roasted flavours, but balanced out very, very well. And I think, yeah, just that addition of the orange just made it so drinkable. Um, and, you, you know, to, to, just to repeat what I've already said, I, I in a way... I'm really disappointed there's only one bottle of this, but at the same time, I'm glad there's not more than one because this would, <laughs> this would end up hurting me if, if there was a lot of this around. It's far too drinkable at, at 9%. Yeah, very drinkable. Lovely sweetness coming through in the middle, but otherwise a really classy black IPA. Well done. Ah, thank you. So we're going on to our third and final beer now. This is Naranja or Naranja Orange. Mr. Hobbs, it is an impy stout at 10%. It's got a blue bottle cap, which is all you can ask for, really. So, uh, let's crack it open. Now, what was the driver behind this beer? Uh, I've got... Let me tell you. Um, I bought I bought the McKellar book, Book of Beer. I don't know if anyone's read it. It's a bit of a coffee table book. talks about McKellar's story all the way through. And some recipes in the back. And I'd never, this, I think Steve said, oh, do you want to come on to do a beer? And then we talked about the Imperial March, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, ah, this is a good excuse to make a beer that's in the back of that. So this is actually a clone of um, the two-old beer, Goliath, or Goliath, depending on how you pronounce it, um, with orange and other stuff added along the way. So this was just my excuse to have a go at a, a recipe out of that book. <laughs> so, so, so what's what's the what's the other stuff? That, that, so the other uh, stuff was well, 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 well the, the other stuff, which I'm just sort of because you'll see from the orange thing, um, and I'll, it, it, the way this beer's come out, um, your question about what are the challenges with brewing a big beer and adding flavourings, uh, orange flavourings will come out in the way in the way this beer has probably been pulled out of the bottle. So um, the other stuff that I added first of all, because I wanted to do. I've probably said this to you before, guys, but I'm, I'm quite into cooking, so I always think about flavours in that context. And I've had some um, great orange and cardamom cakes. Um, and I was I found a recipe somewhere for an orange coffee and cardamom 
cake. So th there is actually coffee in this. There's coffee in the clone. There's also quite a lot of cardamom in it, but it's been completely obliterated by the by the um, by the orange. Um, or I shouldn't preju prejudice your your tastings. Um, but if I brew this beer again, I'd actually leave the orange out because I think the base beer is great, and or either turn it down. But I've major on the cardamom because the cardamom really started to work once I was fermenting the thing out before I added the orange. I can I still get it. Can you? Maybe I'm just yeah. maybe I'm too close to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really do like cardamom, and yeah, I could definitely. Uh, yeah, no, that's sort of perfumey sort of uh, aroma. Mm. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd, okay, good. Maybe, yeah, I'm yeah. Too, maybe I'm just too close to it. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that too, uh, AD. I'll get the cardamom on the, on the nose. Yeah. Uh, sort oh, of good. Lurking beneath the orange there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, quite big. So um, let's dive in if you haven't already. Cheers, yes. guys. Cheers. Well, that's a big beer. Yeah, it's 10%. <laughs> Like came out almost exactly on actually, which I was very lucky. Um, very perfumey you. aromas for me, and very perfumey on the flavours as well. Uh, see, it's no, very no, interesting. I'm, 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 for, for me, the the, the predominant flavour is coffee with with a hint of orange. It's almost like a, a coffee that maybe somebody's laced with a bit of Cointreau in in there to to give mm. it that that hit. Um, interesting how we kind of get different flavours off of it. Mm. Yeah, I'm not getting much. I'm getting a hint of orange on the aroma, but on the flavors, I'm assuming it's the cardamom that I'm getting. But there's something there that's quite floral and powdery on the on the flavors. Very interesting. I would think the um, the the base beer is astonishing. Um, mm. The uh, and for for such a high ABV, there's next to, i don't know if the orange is masking it or the cardamom but there's i don't get any booze at all um it's got a nice bitterness to the finish um but the body is is supremely light with a with a bit of roast there it's uh you know base beer is really really good yeah again it's really easy to drink you know you could you could, you could have a few points of this couldn't you and not know <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that, AD. <laughs> as you will find out after after one bottle. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. you know, it is very smooth for a ten percenter, I have to say. Like Andy was saying, there's no booze there to really knock it down for me. No, it's, so the it's in incredibly easy to drink. Uh, uh, again, as as all of the beers have, have been tonight, it's just. Um, it's 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 really easy to drink, and again, it does it does mask its ABV very very well. So it finished at ten thirty, which is yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it, uh, it's definitely got a nice sweetness on the finish. It's got a bit of a, a bitterness there, but like the body itself is quite full. I mean, I think it, it, it lays quite well. Are you keeping any back for? I've you got know? yeah, I've got quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, I, after year or something, you know, like a. I mean, I've I've not brewed an imperial stout myself yet. I mean, I'm planning on doing a vanilla one with some friends, but uh, I think um, I think obviously the longer you leave it, the better it gets. Yeah, so uh, I think, yeah. I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. So the, uh, so, the, the color of the the head as well, like that deep. Mm. I don't know, per, uh, brownie color. Uh, like a, a you know creamy deep creamy brown i don't know what color you'd call it but it's really really appealing on the eye 
<laughs> Andrew, apologies if you've already said, but what hops did you put in this? So this is um, Columbus and Simcoe um, quite a lot. So it's it's over 100 IBUs, just about, just over 100, 105. <laughs> um, well, which, that's, that's a pretty straightforward hop choice, isn't it? But you're getting some lovely flavours through from this. Yeah. Um, I mean, the bitterness should work. I mean, I, I've never done the... This is the first time I've done an imperial stout, and I, I looked at the the hop to gravity ratios that recommended. And it's about in it's in the range. So the idea being the higher the higher the gravity beer, the more the more bitterness it can it can withstand. I think that's the that's the science anyway. So, so how did you find that then, Andrew? Obviously, the first time you've you, you've brewed an MP stout, um, much of a challenge. Yeah. So well, there are two there are two aspects to this that I'll be interested in your comments on. So. Um, in terms of the mash, no, that worked up fine. I've got um, a converted uh, cooler box as well. Um, efficiency seemed to be fine. Uh, fresh grain uh, ground a couple of days before and ordered in. Um, the yeast, yeast is USO5. with absolutely munched through the whole thing. I used two packs for a 20-litre batch just to make sure. Used the Michela starter um, idea, which is a sorry for the non-brewers on the, on the show you know the idea is you you need some good viable healthy yeast that's that's hydrated and so the more you can help a high gravity beer the better so i did a bit of that munched all the way through it where i had problems was um getting the thing to carbonate in the bottle because the yeast is um some yeast find it hard to cope with high alcohol environments so i put some champagne yeast in after trying to let it carbonate for a bit so I basically opened the cap back up and put some champagne yeast in, which can tolerate higher alcohol. But I have mine haven't managed to carbonate that much. I don't know if your guy, or anybody on the on the show, whether they've carbonated up since. But that that's been the first challenge. And then the adding orange afterwards. So I used the orange extract, which is um, oil, orange oil zest oil, dissolved in alcohol. Um, and I did that because. I've done a number of fruit beers, and if you want to guarantee a fruit taste, then the earlier you introduce it, it seems to me the the less certain it is that you'll end up with, unless you've got time to try the beers out time time again. The, the recipe, your 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 certainty of getting that flavour is is reduced. So I wanted to add something that was natural at the end, um, but this is quite oily, so it it floats, which means you might get more orange at the beginning of the beer unless you shake it and <laughs> at the end whereas I imagine with Andy's extract one it's probably more dissolved in the in the beer which is good um but those are the two the two challenges which is getting the thing to carbonate up once it's a 10 percent so also you obviously this is the, the second show you've been on now uh, mm. Andrew you, you were on our second homebrew special back in June 2014 with, yep. with your now famous black IPA it, yeah. it would seem um how, how have things been going for you since then mate um i've met a lot more people and learned a lot more from other home brewers and professional brewers which has been good um i don't brew as much as i'd like to i probably brew about four to six times a year um definitely got better um i think um andy parker would probably know have a better view on that than me um uh, learn learn i say learn learn to relax i think um the big thing for me that I've learned uh, recently is using fresh grain. I, um, so I get everything done to order now rather than having stuff hanging around the house. because so that seems to make a ma- massive difference to the, uh, the output. Um, but yeah, still tooling along. I'm in danger of doing a collab with someone soon, but we'll just have to see. <laughs> You're threatening someone, are you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're threatening me, I think. <laughs> 
I mean, it's, space, but having a lot for, of fun, having a lot of fun. For, for me, it's 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 been it's been great to do a homebrew show that's been slightly different from the ones that we've done in in the past for so many reasons. It, it was great to bring people back that that we've had from the, the the first three versions of this that we did. I mean, this is the the sixth homebrew special now, and it's actually the third one that we've done this year alone so 50 percent of our homebrew specials have been in the last 12 months Um, (laughs) and and i think i think that says something in terms of the the number of of homebrewers that are out there that are willing to share their products with people now as well and are willing to come on the show and talk about it but for, for me it was just great to have bring the three of you back in again see how things have been progressed for you but also to to kind of try and challenge you a little bit with kind of laying down the, the the ground rules for, for tonight's show and I think I think you've all raised to that challenge yeah and and conquered it as as well I mean it, all of these beers um t- trying to not make our listeners feel quite so jealous as they're probably feeling right now um <laughs> are, are all fantastic and I know I say this on on every homebrew show that we've done but these are beers that I would happily part with my cash for <laughs> um they they they're all tremendously good and you've obviously all put a lot of time into into brewing these so just before we get the final thoughts on andrew's beer i'd, I'd just like to go around uh, a simple question um if presented with this challenge again would, would you accept it or walk away <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to start with andy um <laughs> never one to turn down a challenge steve um <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd love to do it, do it again. I mean, yeah, it was it was good fun, and I think the um, I always say that when you're brewing these crazy beers, um, it's good to have a point of reference and a baseline to work to, and and that's what I did here. So the there wasn't that much really new other than the orange. So in that in that uh, sense, I suppose I knew what I was getting into. So yeah, it allows you to play a little bit more with with different crazy flavors. And I'm, I'm sure that uh, if the chance uh, came up again, I'd happily come back and brew something equally as, or more crazy, uh, <laughs> depending on what you come up, can come up with. Be careful what you wish for, Andy. Aidy, <laughs> <laughs> um, what about yourself? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I'd definitely uh, try it again because, uh, you know, at first when you asked me on, it was like, oh, well, what am I going to brew? You know, I can't just brew another hoppy beer or something, you know. But, uh, you know, when you, when you when we said, oh, it's, it had to have these three criteria, you know, the uh, the black, the, you know, the orange, the imperial, um, it, it was a whole new sort of world where I had to try and, uh, you know, meet that, you know, so um, definitely, yeah, it, I think it's uh, it's been a good learning experience as well, so, yeah, <laughs> well, well, I mean, I'm not quite sure what we can actually say next that... Uh, you know. <laughs> Where do you go from here? Yeah. Give, me, give me a few hours, and I'm sure I'll yeah. come up. Um, I've, got, I've got a good idea, but I'll, I'll share that with you in a minute. <laughs> um, and Andrew, what about what about yourself? Um, um, would you yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, definitely do it again um, because I learned something from it. Um, it didn't go exactly how I wanted it, but um, it, I, I've definitely learned a couple of things um, new that will improve my brewing. So I'd definitely do it again, no question. Um, I think if you wanted to set a new challenge, I think the tougher thing is to brew a low ABV beer and make it taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Maybe that's it—the low, lowest alcohol you can possibly possibly brew. That's that um, a challenge. A nice peachy pale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, now, you've, now you've got me thinking. Now you've got me thinking. <laughs> um, okay, so so before before we do get the final thoughts on on, on Andrew's beer, it's been been interesting going around there and 
and, and getting your views on that. And as, as we've seen so many times over the past three years that we've been doing this show, where we lead, others tend to follow with ideas. And um, some exclusive news that we got last last week was that uh, before Christmas, Magic Rock will be canning Bearded Lady Orange. Um, oh. Now, I can only guess that they've got that idea from this show. Um, <laughs> There can be nowhere else where that's come from. Um, but, yeah, we, we, were, we were supposed to put that on last week's show and completely forgot. Um, but, yeah, so it's a bit of an exclusive there. Look out for Bearded Lady Orange in cans from Magic Rock before oh. Christmas, yeah. um, inspired by the Beer O'Clock show. I, I well, well, let, me, <laughs> let me say, Steve, that on behalf of the group, I think that I'm prepared to settle any claim you might have in intellectual property for a couple of free cans. <laughs> brilliant that's that's done then absolutely there um okay so um final, final thoughts on um andrew's beer mark you you can start this time you always kind of get away with going last on these final thoughts things so i'm gonna i'm gonna make you jump into the ring first of all well i agree with that oh no no one said anything <laughs> you can't, you can't agree <laughs> um it's a lovely beer 10 percent is far too smooth far too drinkable there's no huge boozy hits to to make you slow down. It's a lovely fruity, lovely floral flavours coming through. It's completely chug worthy, which at ten percent is fucking dangerous. <laughs> so well done, Andrew. It's, it's a lovely beer, mate. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, Ad. Yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, the, I definitely got the cardamom there and the coffee flavours, and yeah, yeah, perfect for me, really. You know. I, it's exactly how I'd expect a you know an MP stout to, to be, uh, and I think it's only going to get better with age. So, but make sure you keep a few bottles back for twelve months time. So, I'll send you a bottle. Oh, brilliant! Thank you. I was, okay, so we're going to we're going to be tapping Andrew up in about a year. Yeah. Only that bit in there. Not give it another go. <laughs> um, Andy, any final thoughts on the beer? Yeah, look, I'm lucky enough to have another bottle of this on the shelf, so uh, I'll be. Uh, Checking that out in in a while to see how it how it settles down and uh, matures. I think uh, yeah, as I said, the the base beer, the base <coughs> malt bill, and the base imperial stout is astonishingly good. Um, and you can see why it's uh, you know why it led to such a great original beer into all uh, to all uh, Goliath. Um, yeah, very good. I think the uh, the cardamom and the orange are, are both there too, and and work pretty well overall. Um, yeah, so it's it's I mean for ten plus percent it's um the drinkability is nuts so yeah well done good work andrew thank you so, so for me just to echo what everybody's already said <laughs> um it's I'm, I'm still getting more of the coffee with, with just a hint little hint of orange in there um i'm probably holding my hand up as, as saying i probably don't know what cardamom tastes like normally um and i'm just throwing things on the floor now as well um so so yeah i mean it's all it, it balances out really well for me there's there's a there is a lasting bitterness to it which you kind of get from a from a decent coffee anyway and, and for me that's kind of ticking all of the boxes so i'm really enjoying this and it's i think it's the perfect beer to have finished these three on because it is kind of like that supping beer at the end of the evening so it's well done andrew um well done ad well done andy uh thanks for for putting your beers forward and coming on the show again it's been it's been a real pleasure having you all back on again. Um, can I just say that obviously Steve and I are brewers as well. 
we, we brewed our own beer this year. Oh, you did? And That's good. Which was, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about which, that. Which yeah. purely by chance happened to turn out to be the best beer ever brewed. Yeah. So um, I'd just like to say congratulate you guys for trying to step up to our yeah. party. <laughs> we are not worthy. We are not worthy. <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure to drink your beers again and, and listen to your process. One day I'll, I will actually brew my own beer. <laughs> I keep saying that with every special. But well done, guys! It's absolutely stunning beer, and it's a, it's an honour to drink them with you. Oh yeah, it's just You're very welcome. Anytime, anytime. Thanks for having us on. So, uh, moving on, Steve. Yeah. Have you got Instagram of the week, mate? Sorry, I still had my nose tucked in Andrew's beer. Then, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, keeping with the theme of this week's show, it could only go to a picture of an imperial stout, um, and and that picture was posted by Sparky Wright this week. Um, who got his hands on a bottle of the good King Henry Imperial Stout and posted a wonderful black and white picture of it. So a great big massive box of nothing will be heading its way to Wales for, for Sparky. Um, if you want to enter your own picture into the Prizes Prize competition, all you need to do is just put an image up on Instagram, use the hashtag cheers guys. If the picture catches my eye next week, you'll be the recipient of next week's great big box of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and do we have a hot topic this week buddy we, we do have a hot topic um again trying to stay with the theme of, of home brewing um this isn't one that set twitter alight like last week's one did but um this week's question was um aimed at the homebrewers really so we could get some discussion going with the guys here tonight um and it was basically how will the hop shortage affect homebrewers so before we go around and, and ask these guys what they think um, just some feedback from Twitter. So Beer Nouveau, um, less than commercial, it's easier to get small quantities of most hops. Miles Lambert, homebrewers are more likely to experiment with random ingredients anyway. We'll probably make them more creative. Sam Wellburn, it will just make us switch things up. Try getting centennial, centennial it's like gold dust already. The Wolf of Outrage, that's uh, Chris from Crema. Um, <laughs> probably not. Not at all, as we mostly use smaller, smaller amounts and there's plenty of choice. Who makes the same beer all the time anyway? Uh, and then E&B, uh, just agreeing with that comment, absolutely. Even if it, even if availability was hard, hit that hard, we can just use other or less hops and become cre more creative. So lots of thoughts uh, about getting creative with the brewing, um, not something that's really going to affect home brewers. Um, so just interesting to see what the guys here tonight think about um, this impending hopageddon that we're apparently heading into. Um, will it affect what you guys do? AD, you can go first, mate. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I've already started to uh, think about this. So I'm, I'm looking at sour beers and wheat beers and uh, other styles of beer I quite like. Uh, and I've done a couple of brews recently, uh, experimental brews. I smoked wheat and uh, a Berliner Weiss where... I've used about sort of 50 grams of hops or something for to two beers. Um, so the flavours there are a lot more about either the wheat, the yeast, um, yeah, or you know, you're trying to get like, like a sour sort mm -hmm. of aspect in there. So um, obviously, I mean, I still want to do hoppy beers, but it probably just, just won't be throwing in kilos of hops every time, you know, because I've got like big piles spare. You know, I'll probably be a bit more careful with them. Um, but I mean, I think it's only going to last for a year or two anyway before the hop producers get, catch up and start making more. So there'll be hop shortage for a bit, and then hopefully, uh, 
fingers crossed, <laughs> the, the, all the hops will be coming back. What about you, Andrew? Uh, similar to Eddie, I've started doing beers that have got less hops in them, but that's not because of the hop shortage, it's just because I was interested in trying some new styles. And um, I made a Goza this year, which is probably the best beer I've ever made, which I enjoyed. Yeah, which is, I, I was going to mention that earlier, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that beer was astonishing. Really. Yeah, thank you. Well, that was, was that like a big... That was a based on a Berlin of ice, uh, sort of. Was it was it hops in the mash rather than? Uh, no, uh, no, it wasn't actually. Um, I can't even remember how I did it. It definitely wasn't in the mash. No, but I did it. I did it in the boil. I think just but hardly oh. anything. Um, so that's the fir- first thing. I think. Secondly, I, I agree with one of the earlier tweets that just sort of said homebrewers will just work around it. So um, there's plenty of online resources that say if you haven't got this, then this is here are three other subst- substitutes. Um, but I kind of think that a shortage, remembering my A-level economics days, that a shortage is good for supply to AD's point, right? So if there's a, if there's a increased demand, then suppliers will try and meet it. So it will result in more hops being available. And if you look at all the experimental stuff that's going on and with the British growers really trying to start to meet demand and grow um, UK varieties that have new world characteristics, I think it's actually a good thing in some ways because it's creating business opportunities for people and and that creativity will, will filter through. So I'm sure I can stand it for a couple of years. Andy, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't think it will hit home brewers as much as it's hitting commercial brewers. Um, so, yeah, I've been looking at, obviously, said earlier about setting up a, a five-hour brewery, which is not not massive. Um, five, kilo, five kilos, a five-kilo bale goes a fairly long way in a five-barrel brewery. Um, but... Yeah, if you look at what you can buy commercially, uh, it's really constrained. Um, just getting the price list from you know Charles Farrams and other hop merchants, um, it's definitely a squeeze. I think for home brewers, um, there, there might be, be the odd variety or two that you can't get this year, like the likes of Simcoe, uh, Nelson, maybe from the, the New Zealand harvest. You know, the, the hops are already in demand. You might find those hard to come by, and when you do find them, there might be a, a, another quid or two. For 100 grams, but um, I think overall you you'll still be able to get most of what you want. Uh, and yeah, if you can't get Simcoe, is it the end of the world? Probably not. I mean, there's plenty of other uh, good and great hops. One thing I have found as a home brewer is that there's a there's this kind of opposite thing that happens where you can get the sexy hops, um, Citrus, Simcoe, uh, you know, all the all the ones that people people clamour for commercially. But if you want the less popular ones, um, you'll find less. Homebrew shops are kind of willing to buy five kilos and break a bale up uh, of those. So I was trying to get some of the the German hops um, and and couldn't get 100 grams of those. So I, I think homebrewers are fairly well catered for for, for uh, hops. And I think the hop merchants also uh, kind of consciously maybe look after the homebrew shops a little bit as well, knowing that you know five kilos going to a homebrew shop is going to go be split 50 ways. So uh, yeah, I think it just encourages us to experiment a bit more. Um, and uh, brew different things. I've been uh, brewing. Um, take what can I do with 100 grams of, of a bittering hop, for example? Just like this beer here, uh, I brewed this beer, uh, a English pale ale and a mild from 100 grams of bittering hops. So yeah, that's 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 a challenge in itself. So yeah, don't be down, home brewers, if you can't get uh, your favourite hop. Just uh, just try something else. So it's, a, it's a great great views from the homebrewers there. Uh, Mark and I have got nothing to add nothing. To, to this hot topic this week because this isn't one that was for us. Um, but it's it's good to see that you guys are, 
uh, are still trying to innovate and trying to find ways around what what might may or may not be a problem. Um, and as long as there's still beer available at the end of the day, happy days. <laughs> there will still be beer. Well, thanks again, guys, for joining us tonight. Where can we find you online, AD? Uh, I'm as AD Goodrich on Twitter, uh, which is just Sweet Leaf Brewery. Uh, I think I probably know everyone anyway. I'm, I'm <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We have a vast and diverse listenership. Thank you very much. <laughs> Andy, how about you? Uh, I'm at Tabamatu uh, on Twitter and also at Elusive Brew, which is the new brewery. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Cool, Andrew. Uh, at Hobstacle on Twitter, so my surname A T A C L E. Very good. You can find us online at beeroclockshow.co.uk on Twitter at beeroclockshow on Instagram at beeroclockshow. You can find Stephen on tapped at beershowsteve. I'm on tapped at beershowmarket on Twitter at beershowmarket. Don't forget you can get your beers from Ales by Mail. Beautiful beers, beer merchants, Andy Breer, who all now offer a 10% discount to beer clock show listeners on many beers from the website check out all the details on our beer list page right stevie what's coming up next week buddy um next week we are drinking cans of beer um we are drinking uh, dark star revelation which has recently gone through the canning process and is now available in cans so we'll be enjoying that on the show and we'll also be having an interview with the guys that put the beer into cans for them as well very good. AD, Andy and Andrew, thanks again for joining us. Lovely beers. Thank you so much, guys. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. Indeed. Yeah, enjoyed it. Cheers, guys. Yeah. And Steve, until next week, buddy. Been the highlight of my week. And mine. Bye-bye. <laughs>